Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. So the high activity levels in that varying natural diet mean you end up with game meats that are leaner and have a lower fat content than domesticated animal meat, which matters because if you don't prepare it properly, you could end up with really tough textures that we don't feed the babies because it's a choking risk. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hey guys, welcome back. Today, we're gonna be talking about game meat and how to offer game meats safely to your baby. Now, game meats are meats from non-domesticated, free-range or farm-raised animals, wild animals and birds, that are either legally hunted for personal consumption or reared, slaughtered, and then commercially sold for food. So in North America, some common game species, and there's a lot of them too. So I was wondering, gosh, should I go item by item in this or general? And I think we've got to keep it general because we're talking about things like bear and bison, antelope, caribou, deer, elk, moose, reindeer, wild boar, snake, alligator, rabbit, squirrel, beaver, and birds. And the birds include things like pheasant or quail, wild turkey, wild geese, and duck. So I actually got some questions in the podcast reviews asking about game meats. And we thought, gosh, that's interesting. We've never done an episode on game meats. And if you guys are listeners of this podcast, if you have an idea for a future episode idea, I get all of my best episode ideas from you guys and people leave them in the written reviews for the podcast. So if you enjoy the podcast, 
If you learn stuff from it, if you want to help other parents find this information, I would love to have your written review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single review. I really appreciate your feedback. I was laughing at one the other day. My husband was saying something about how I talk too fast. And I was like, somebody left me a review that said, Katie's is the only podcast I don't have to listen to on 1.2x speed because she already talks so fast. So thank you for the constructive feedback. I know I talk fast, but you can also slow the podcast down if you want. If you guys do want to leave a review, written reviews on Apple Podcasts are the most helpful. And if you've got an idea for a future episode idea, dump it in there and I for sure will see it. So the two particular reviews that I'm talking about, we're asking about venison. So venison is a specific term commonly used to describe game meat from deer. But historically, the word, which is derived from the Latin venatio to hunt, was used to define meat eaten from many hunted game animals or the beasts of chase. And that included things like elk and wild boar. So venison today, we kind of think of, you know, in terms of deer, but I need to disclose that I have never been hunting. I have never hunted my own meat. I get some questions from parents who are out there doing it. The dads are doing it. The moms are doing it. Hey, more power to you. We are going to talk a little bit about safety though, because the whole point of baby led weaning is making sure that we're giving our babies a safe start to solid food. So before we dive into the safety, if you're wondering like from a nutrition standpoint, what's the deal with game meats, rich in protein, good sources of iron tend to be lower in total fat and saturated fat. So let's think about the fact that these like you got a wild animal running around, it's getting a lot of exercise, right? And in general, if you think about domesticated animals, they live on a diet of grain or corn and they have like a pretty low mobility rate, right? Like the goal is to fatten these animals up as fast as possible, get them to slaughter and sell them by the pound for a greater profit. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. Wild animals, on the other hand, they roam freely and they consume natural food. So the higher activity levels of these wild animals and because they've got like a very natural diet, not just grain or corn pumped into them daily, means we end up with an animal that has leaner meat and a lower fat content. So for example, if you compare three ounces of venison with three ounces of beef, three ounces of venison only has three grams of fat, whereas three ounces of beef has more like 18 grams of fat. Now you might be like, who cares? I'm not here to count calories. You should care because leaner meats have a tendency to be tougher. And if the meat is tougher, then it will be harder for your baby to chew and swallow. And we do not want to feed tough meats to babies. That doesn't mean we can't feed game meat to babies. We just need to be intentional about how we cook and prepare those meats. So 
how do you cook game meat in order to make it less tough? Three recommendations, braising, slow cooking, and pressure cooking. So let's talk about braising. Braising involves searing and slow cooking the meat in liquid. Let's say you have an elk steak, okay? You can preheat your oven 325 degrees Fahrenheit, works great. Take a Dutch oven or an oven safe pot and on your stovetop, sear the meat in the pot. So this produces like the brown bits of flavor that kind of stick to the bottom of your pot. It helps kind of lock in the flavors the way I think about it. So you sear your meat on each side, remove it from the stovetop and then put some of your cooking liquid in there, maybe stock or wine or water. If you're using stock for baby led weaning, just make sure you're using no added salt or a very low sodium broth. Wine is perfectly fine to use. It does not intoxicate your baby when we divide it over the portions that the baby is eating. Water works well also. You can season the water. You can always add salt a little bit later for yourself, but this cooking liquid helps to keep the meat moist throughout that long cooking process. So you take your pot, put your meat back in it with the liquid on top of it, put it in your oven, okay? Oven's around 325, depending on the size of the meat. Depends how long you'll need to cook it. So for braising, you can cook your meat in the oven without the lid on. You can also add the lid if you want. It kind of steams that you just want to make sure that the liquid doesn't evaporate totally. Because when we serve baby's meat, we want to be fork tender, soft and shreddable, and you do want to serve it with the liquid. So take that braising juice out at the end, pull the cooked meat into strips about the size of your adult pinky finger, ladle some of that sauce or juice back onto the meat and serve the strips of meat with the liquid. You can also slow cook meat, kind of similar to braising. You can brown the meat and slow cook it in liquid. You can do that on your stovetop or if you have like an Instant Pot or a multi-cooker, you can slow cook it. Just takes a lot longer. You can accomplish the same thing by pressure cooking as well. So pressure cooking is a great way to make tough cuts of meat tender in a short period of time. So instead of a meal or a cut of meat that might take hours to slow cook, pressure cooking speeds up the process usually to less than 30 minutes. You know, any recipe that involves braising or slow cooking is a great choice for pressure cooking. Some people just don't kind of like the resultant texture after pressure cooking everything. It all kind of seems to have the same exact texture, but babies don't know. And the texture that we end up when we pressure cook meat, which is nice and soft and shreddable if it has had enough liquid and enough time to cook, is perfectly safe for babies to eat. You just want to make sure, again, that you're serving soft, shreddable strips of meat along with the juice that works for baby led weaning. And something else to consider when we're looking at game meat compared to traditional domesticated animals, when it comes to the flavor, there's definitely a difference there, right? If you've ever, if you're just a beef fan, if you've ever had, you know, grass-fed beef versus corn-fed beef, they taste different. Some people actually don't like the taste of grass-fed beef. They say, oh, it tastes like it's more gamey. So when people describe that taste of gamey, we're thinking about like the wild game, like deer and elk and antelope. They're lean, of course, because of their active lifestyle and that natural diet. They don't have the marbling of fat that, you know, domesticated beef would have. And as a result, they end up tasting gamier. They're relying on vegetation to provide the food. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from 
from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producers. Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So the taste might be different, but it's a great idea to expose your baby to a variety of different tastes and game meat is another way you can do that. All right. What do we need to be aware of when it comes to serving game meats? Okay. So a different level of concern. I know you're probably like, oh, she's just going to talk about choking risk. That's all she ever talks about when it comes to safety. Not in this episode. We are talking about the potential for lead toxicity. All right. Deer, venison that are shot with bullets containing lead can have particles of lead remaining in the meat that oftentimes cannot be seen or felt. And even ground venison tends to have more lead fragments than steaks or chops because the little pieces of lead get ground up in the meat during the grinding process. So lead, even in very, very small amounts, is a serious health risk for children and for pregnant women. So we want to ensure we're minimizing lead risk to the greatest extent possible. So for ammunition choices, the best would be copper bullets or lead-free bullets that leave no lead in the meat. The worst type of ammunition would be the rapidly expanding bullet, like a ballistic tip or a soft point. Now, rinsing your carcass alone does not necessarily remove the lead fragments, can actually spread the lead fragments to other parts of the animal. There's one study in 2009 where pigs who were fed deer meat that was harvested with lead ammunition the researchers observed increasing blood lead concentration levels within days. And they said in the summary, concluding that human risk exposure to bioavailable lead from bullet fragments when they eat venison from deer killed with standard lead-based rifle bullets and processed under normal procedures could be potentially dangerous. Now, while most game meats have been produced from healthy animals, there are some game meats that have raised public health concerns because the meat might harbor infectious agents that are not destroyed by the processes of smoking or salting or brining, all of which, to be honest, are not really appropriate for baby lead weaning because they involve too much salt. But there is the potential for those pathogens to cause human disease. So game animals, especially deer, known to carry E. coli. Game birds, like all birds, known to possibly carry salmonella. And so in this case, as whenever we're dealing with a potentially hazardous food like meat, handling and cooking So handling properly and cooking to the correct temperature is very important. So how can you make game meat safe for babies? Best to use non-lead ammunition, especially if you're feeding game meat to children, and then not to eat the organs from any wild game because lead and other chemicals tend to collect in the organs. And I have a separate episode that has more information about organ meat, in particular liver. If you want to check that out just for some additional tips about the limitations on safely feeding babies liver, go listen to episode number 103. It's called Liver, How to Offer Liver Safely to Babies. Game meats that have been killed with copper bullets or lead-free bullets leave no lead in the meat. So that's what we're looking for. So you also, of course, always want to make sure that the game meat you're offering is moist and tender for the baby to eat 
by cooking with the appropriate methods like braising or slow cooking or pressure cooking. If you have ground gay meat, you can work it into a recipe or you can serve it in the manner that you would serve, for example, ground beef to your baby. And if you're looking for ideas on how to do that, I have a blog post for you all about how to safely serve ground beef to your baby for baby led weaning. This is a blog post called Five Ground Beef Recipes for Baby Led Weaning. And if you have ground elk or ground venison, you can make that work using those recipes as well. And so I'll link to those in the show notes for this episode, which you can catch at blwpodcast.com forward slash 117. So there you have it. Just a little bit about how you can make game meat safe to feed your baby. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Bye now.